best not miss. Well, I'm a bunch of real proud laying motherfucker, motherfucker. Welcome to The Party Pal, the mind-bending film and television podcast you didn't know you needed. Welcome to The Party Pal is a proud member of the Osiris Media Group. Check out their podcast, their live events, everything they got going on at OsirisPod.com. We got a doozy today. In this episode, we celebrate the epic Western crime drama film, Killers of the Flower Moon, directed by Martin Scorsese, who co-wrote the screenplay with Eric Roth. The film is based on the 2017 book of the same name by David Gran. Its plot centers on a series of Oklahoma murders in the Osage Nation during the 1920s committed after oil was discovered on tribal land. Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, and Lily Gladstone lead an ensemble cast that also includes Jesse Plemons, John Lithgow, and Brendan Fraser. It is the sixth feature film collaboration between Scorsese and DiCaprio and the 10th between Scorsese and De Niro and the 11th and final collaboration between Scorsese and his musical partner, Robbie Robertson, who died two months before the film's release. And the film was lovingly dedicated to Robertson. To help me break it all down, we have back on the program podcaster, author, film and television enthusiast, River Jordan. River, welcome back to the party. Excited to talk some Killers of a Flower Moon. How are you doing? Doing great and had the great experience of being able to go to the movies, man, to see this (laughs) on the big screen. And I got to tell you, I loved uh, Martin coming on. Did you get there early enough to see the beginning when he comes on and does his little thank you for coming to see this movie at the movies? Yep. He uh, he actually kind of bookended it. We saw him later on um, yes. uh, having a yes. big moment towards the end. I got to tell you, just on what we do, it feels like we're cheating a little bit. I mean, we our last two, including this, is um, a Scorsese film and a Nolan film. So, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so two of the best doing it. Uh, what's not to like? So much to discuss when you're dealing with them. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, let me hear your general thoughts. I'm curious, kind of, I know you just saw it last night, and, and uh, we've always talked about it's always it benefits from mutual viewings of something with such depth and you know our artistic uh integrity on so many levels but what did you feel when you walked away from from the film well one of the first things um is they are rolling out they are really doing such a push publicity wise i feel like i have just had to wear a blinder i have i have (laughs) Put my head down every time a preview came on i was plugging my ears up i really wanted to get that uh, full experience of what is he going to do with this material where we've read the book and we know the facts mm-hmm. how is he going to handle it and i i love the the opening scene you know i i it was really something you know since we're able to rewatch movies like it hasn't been that long since since i saw wolf of wall street mm-hmm. it hasn't been that long since i saw catch me if you can so then oh, getting this close-up of leo's face where yeah. he's aged and he's a different character I, I was i was pretty um captivated from that moment mesmerized just by his character and his character's mm-hmm. portrayal you know yep. absolutely i think uh um to answer my own question there i just walked away with two words um on my mind and that is lily gladstone 
uh, who, who plays Molly in this. I just, I have a new Oscar rooting interest. I thought her performance, it was, she was so sweet when she needed to be, when there was like kind of the love interest was going, she was fierce. The amount of pain that she had to go through and, and kind of portray in this was just, I mean, she was clearly, and this is saying a lot with a great performance from Robert De Niro, a great performance from Leo, Jesse, the whole thing. I mean, I found her to be the richest character that we came upon. And just, I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for her. Like I said, in the Oscars, I'm excited to see what she does next. I saw that she's going to be in a, a Hulu limited series uh, from the book, uh, Rebecca Godfrey's book, Under the Bridge. Uh, tune me in for her. Um, I just, I thought she was spectacular and just kind of made, made it just, that was honestly, and, and there's so much we're going to talk about. But that was that was my first thought. What did you think of Lily's performance? Well, all right, I'm going to get back to your first question. I didn't want to answer your first question because I didn't want to jump ahead to where we're going in the movie. I didn't want uh, to start wrapping up thoughts about the latter part of the movie. Yep. She is incredible, mm -hmm. just breathtaking. And yeah. every time she's on the screen, she she's commanding it it doesn't matter who else is in the room your eyes are on her and uh, i can't wait to see what she does next and yeah. you know she's it would be a travesty if she's not nominated uh for for an oscar i would be angry i yes, would be angry. <laughs> i would be too that would be letter writing material you know like yep. Um, emergency podcast right yes there. <laughs> yes absolutely absolutely uh and, and she, the, you know, someone said it's not that she has that many words. I don't think I've seen a performance in a long time where someone could say so much without dialogue yeah. and, and being able to read their eyes and their face and their body language. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, she she was a big surprise and a discovery for me because I didn't see her in her and the other recent movies she did. Yeah, she was in First Cow and Certain Woman. Um, you know, she's been on TV a little bit. I saw she was in Billions. I know she was in Reser uh, Reservation Dogs. Um, interesting though, and I'm, I know we're going to be, we both read the book, so we're going to be talking a little bit about that as well. But so the scope they chose um, for this is re was really interesting to me, the scope of, of what the story they decided to do. Um, because, you know, the, the book does focus on the birth of the FBI. That is something they definitely put to the side a little bit. And kind of the... The focus was not on the kind of murders themselves, even even though that was the backdrop and kind of you know what 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 pushed everything forward. But the but the personal relationships tell the story of the exploitation of the Osage people by these greedy white interlopers, these gold right. diggers, really. Right. And I just thought I thought that was really interesting. I was actually surprised by it. You know, you do have these expectations. That's the only problem when you read the book. Coming in, I had some thoughts about what it would be. And I was surprised that, you know, the book didn't really even focus on what these these this couple's relationship was in this way, because there's no way to know the book's presenting facts. So this was a story taken from a book of facts where they did put all this developmental fiction into it about this couple to try to make it as personal as possible. And I thought that was interesting and surprising. And I feel like I'm still kind of absorbing and, and, and you know, getting getting used to that idea and, and what I think of it, but it was definitely, they definitely focused on the human thing. And I think that was a cool way to go. Oh, I did too. 
I, I think it would have been great the other way too, a procedural movie about the, the beginning of the FBI and really focusing and heavy hitting on the on the um, investigation. And at that time for the original script, Leo was supposed to be playing the FBI agent. Oh. That um is it white, yeah. Yeah, that Jesse Plemons ended up playing too uh, uh, beautifully. A very understated, wonderful performance. He's always great in anything, but uh, and then the new script was developed. And I think there were two things. I think that Leo mentioned to uh Martin Scorsese that he was that he kind of felt like there was something missing, that they weren't looking at something. And then Martin went to talk to the Osage people yeah. and and a woman stood up and and said, I think what you're missing is there's, they were really in love, you know. Oh, wow. That's cool. And that really influenced him to go back and take another look. Yeah, uh, I, didn't, I didn't know. I did know that um, Leo kind of did come up with the idea, you know, maybe if I played Ernest, I mean, because... Uh, a lot of great Scorsese interviews out there right now. And he definitely he notes in most of them that he did not want to do a procedural. He's like, and this is true too, because the book kind of had this mystery feel to it, that kind of a whodunit. And mm-hmm. that was not the case here. He's like, in, in Scorsese's own words, he's like, you're going to know De Niro's the bad guy right away. And so, I mean, right away, we do know that he is, we know our villains or who who these bad guys are. And it's more about, how it becomes of it and the whole thing. But uh, it was unique when I was reading the book in advance of it. And we got to this backstory of Tom White and I knew Jesse was playing him. I'm like, Jesse's going to steal the show here. I, Tom White, to me, when you're reading the book in the heart of it, like kind of in the middle of it, he just feels like the biggest part of it. He's coming in, you know, that kind of, is, you know, saving the day type thing. And it, it just, it was surprising to me how they played and that's the expectations of the whole thing but it was and so yeah kind of you got the asset and uh detraction of um of when you're when you're reading the book you know i uh it was great to know the backstory um in a depth they go very in depth the first like almost uh you know fourth of the book they really get you to know how how they tried to give them this worthless land and how it didn't work out and then you know it does close off with some serious fallout including some wild stuff and this is what kind of why i thought tom white would be the main character what happens to tom white and you know him running a prison and everything with him it's fascinating and that's a you know if you haven't read the book and you are here listening there's a whole different experience too i recommend reading the book it's a whole different yes it's not like just a redo of the movie at all absolutely not the two two different things but and it will enrich your experience i felt like you know, I kind of felt like I, I I knew things that that people around me didn't in in a cool way, but they are two different experiences, and the expectations did have me a little confused. And and and, but I do again. I liked the way they played it. Let me ask, just because something keeps coming up, and let's get you know, kind of the elephant in the room out of the way. This uh, let's do that. Yeah, <laughs> the, the length of the film is something that Ed, no one will stop talking about. And I do know that movies, blockbusters are getting longer. I think the average is like up like 15 to 20 minutes from years ago. Um, I mean, we're talking a nearly four hour film, so I understand why people are talking about it. To me, the more Scorsese you get, the better. Bring it on. It was just the only problem I have is just finding the time because <laughs> you know, if you throw on the previews you're dealing with a long time and the travel to and from but i i don't have a problem with it the more the better scorsese did you feel the the the, the length of the movie do you have any problems with it or were you in all in for it 
You know, I'm always all in. I I'm, I actually think it quit too too soon, too early. I and um I I think it was wrapped up just slightly too quickly. And yeah. yep. that and that probably is a high take for people that are you know think 30 minutes should be cut out. I do see where you know if you wanted to trim a few scenes and make them shorter, I know which scenes I would choose for those to be, but I know the ones that were really poignant and meant a lot to me were the wedding scene and the naming scenes yeah. and and really began to love the Osage people and see what's happening. I did not, and I bet a lot of people would not believe that the Osage people were the richest per capita in the world yeah. when the wall hit. Yeah. I mean, in the world and and then to see them preyed upon as they were in a very backdoor kind of way and i was appalled that they had to go to their what what were what was the person called that managed the money i forgot the yeah yeah they they, they weren't in control of their own money is the right. point there yeah right. it's, and, and it's really it's, they were to begin with but they figured out a way to make it so that you could not, uh, so that they could not be. So, you know, the tragedy of that and the truth telling in it and the fact that the FBI, you know, got involved to that point. She went to Washington to Molly went to Washington to try to say, please do something about this. And I did have that. Oh, I hear I was at the door. He's come to save the day when he finally knocks on the door and says, FBI, and I need to see your wife, you know, um, and what a convoluted, but I, I love the way he brings to light the, the internal turmoil of people who are struggling to trust someone they love when evidence points to the fact that maybe that trust is misplaced yeah. or when someone loves someone else, but they're driven to do something bad and do something wrong. But I always felt like watching the movie. He actually loved her. And I agree. Even to the point where he, he's like, F it. And he pours the poison in his own glass and drinks yeah. it and passes out on the bed with her. Yeah. Um, for a moment, you just keep hoping that he'll, you know, <laughs> throw the poison away. Like, dude, stop, you know, stop now, stop now. But of course, that's not the way things, not the way things go, you know? Yeah. The cruelty of just the way that, um, you know, he is slowly and surely taking her life is, is a lot. And, and, and I mean, you do, there is a, is a, a small amount of sympathy for him because you're, I think you're absolutely right. That, and I think that's why we're having this conversation too. They did the focus on the human aspect and the personal aspect. And I mean, he's dealing with his uncle who he's idolized his whole life, who he's kind of just like forced to, you know, uh, not only from fear of them, but there's also love there, there as well. And it's just, it's, it is, it is, you know, I, that personal, the personal questions that makes you ask yourself about, you know, uh, being blinded by love and, and, and things you'll, things you'll do. I mean, they also, not only do they focus on his love is they make it clear he loves money too. And we're talking about Ernest, who's Leo. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> they, they just, they, this is, I mean, we are talking about a level, you know, a level of greed. That's something, I can't help but thinking about when I think about some of the richest government officials in our country who do things for more money. I mean, I mean, um, Hale had more money than God. Look how much money he had. And it wasn't enough. And maybe there was racism there, too, and xenophobia about him being OK with with these these you know Native Americans having money. I'm sure that didn't, you know, oh, sure. 
I'm sure he wasn't happy with that, but it just it's just mind blowing to me that they just can't they have enough to just be happy with their amount of money the rest of their life and it's not enough. It's just not. I think Martin had tried to I think he tried to get a really a lot of social justice issues in this movie that he very very much you know, so. you've got the KKK in it, you've got, you know, him um some clandestine other things happening you know and secret society stuff going on and and um i i really do think he he meant to do well and i th and i think he honestly meant to do a great job representing the osage people yeah. and a lot of people will say it would be a better movie if the osage director had directed the osage movie but um i think he did the best job that he could do in bringing this story to life and no one else has done it yeah. and that he did it with a lot of a lot of respect and then did something really interesting towards the end that surprised me. Yeah. Uh, and that is in, in complete spoiler alert, everyone already knows the story, but in the film, after the trial, when, when he finally gives evidence against his uncle and ends up going to prison for life anyway, did he yep. think he was making a deal that he was <laughs> yeah. going to get out? Nope. I, I never quite understood. And, also, you know, my hat's off to Leo for playing someone who's who seemed like it took him a minute when he was thinking to to arrive at a conclusion a little bit slower than characters that Leo normally, oh, you know, plays. Yep. It down uh, a little bit. Yep. And I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed watching him. You know, I didn't enjoy watching him be the bad guy, but I enjoyed his process and 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 the way he was portrayed and. Um, so getting back to this choice by Martin after the courtroom scene to suddenly go, there's a bunch of people dressed up in a theater for a show. And we've got a live radio program going yeah. on with sound effects about the Osage murders. Can you give me your thoughts on that? I, the most unexpected thing. Absolutely. Most unexpected thing. So fun to watch that come to life. And little hats off too. Um, in that vein, the musicians and roles here. I mean, we had, Jason Isbell has a huge role as Bill Smith in this. Uh, Sturgill Simpson plays Henry. Um, uh, Grammar, I think, is the name. Another big role. But in this radio show, we get Jack White. He's one of the radio show guys. I just want to mention that real quick. Love seeing, I mean, I just love seeing the radio shows kind of come to life. And, and even, you know, when they do the variety shows here, they used to do some uh, in Town Hall, even up till recently with uh, Chris Steele. They're just so fun to watch. Just kind of, you know, all the sounds, soundscape and stuff. But the way he kind of uh, gave that cameo to close where essentially it could almost be looked at as him speaking because it's kind of his viewpoint on his take on, on storytelling or even cinema. So what he's saying is kind of, uh, um, it's, it's straight from him in a way. I, it's the way I was taking it. And I think, I think that's, that's almost the way that it could be viewed. Um, I don't know. It just, it was amazing to see him come in especially because you know how much he cared about this movie. The more and more you learn about what this meant to him, what he put into it, it's just unbelievable. That really struck me. I'm excited to hear what he said again. I was trying to find exactly the verbiage because I remember right. it just really spoke to kind of, you know, I hear, hear his strong opinions on storytelling and cinema these days. And I felt like that resonated through what he was saying there. How did it strike you? Uh, it, took me, it took me back for a minute 
Yeah. Uh, because it is so unexpected that it mm-hmm. shifts to this live radio program. Yep. And it's like, are we in a Wes Anderson film where the narrator <laughs> becomes the narrator who now we're in a slice of life. So yep. as a writer, I started thinking, wow, I wonder, you know, I wonder if I would like to have had that book in so that you begin with the theater and you go into those oh, yeah. Yeah. experience. And then it, as the narrative begins, it flips to the entire movie and then you come back to it. So it doesn't feel so out of left field too. Um, my shock of that moment yeah. because I was sitting there instead of taking it in, trying to figure it out. Yeah. And also when they were saying he got out of prison eventually and told his wife this and died in a nursing home. And then, you know, her husband ended up with his brother drinking beer in a trailer park. You know, yeah. I would like to have seen those images and I would like to have seen her funeral and seeing her be laid to rest as the narration, uh, you know, there were uh, the obituaries being read, right? So um, visually, I think I was wanting something more than the statement, but I understand the statement. And that's why I want to see it again too, is they turned the Osage murders into entertainment for uh, white people to stand back and look at, oh my goodness, look what happened to the Osage uh-huh. people. Yeah. So it it's kind of a statement within a statement. You know, within a statement, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. You're, you're doing the thing that you're, that you're then oh. showing that you're doing. So it is kind of a Wes Anderson little step yeah. there yeah. in a strange way. Yeah, so it's it's, it's I, meta, meta in a certain way. There's um. You know, you have kind you of, seen him use anything like this? And I, any I don't think time? I have. I mean, I've seen him uh, do you know unique, different uh, filming, you know, uh, tricks per se that 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 don't feel as as Scorsese. Whether Shutter Island kind of felt different. Um, I don't think anything like this. I really don't. And I do think there was some sort of not self critique, but almost kind of owning of what what he's talking yes. about. Kind of this idea of I mean, because there is. You know, you do see some criticism out there from, you know, whether it's um, people in the Osage tribe who have heard talk about how, you know, they definitely appreciated how he did come to the community and work with the community and everything. Of course, that's not lost in them. They would have loved to see it, uh, you know, instead of coming kind of through Ernest's eyes, come through Molly's eyes, which which, which would have been a really cool way. I know um, I'm a big Reservation Dogs fan. I saw that Deverly Jacobs won the people who works on that when the actresses she she really had a hard time with this film she called it painful grueling unnecessarily graphic um and said that being native this movie was uh pardon my french fucking hellfire um you know i i really can't speak to that because i don't know what it's like to experience right. it seeing that and i'm sure there's a lot to it and a lot of pain to me i felt it was calling out kind of these white racist capitalists in a really harsh way that's kind of right. what i saw i thought it was really shining a light on something should be taught in school we should we should all not be surprised that they had this really really rich i mean the richest people as you said in the world um that shouldn't be a shock to us and i think it's a shock to a lot of people it almost doesn't seem real um but i just i I can't speak to that critique because i don't know what it's like to see those that type i mean these murders it, it was it was over and over and over again. I think 60 people murdered or killed throughout this entire time, reshaping their entire, you know, uh, uh, you know, wealth and, and what happened there. But all I know is that Scor- I feel like Scorsese's, um, you know, intent was very yes. good. 
it is so clear that he put his uh he said i mean he said i put everything into this you you look at some of these shots where they, they kind of you remember the fire and the workers are kind of dancing he held those they kind of look like they're dancing and moving the above the above uh pullback camera shot towards the end of um kind of that uh osage drum circle beautiful i mean he really right. put so much into it like like we talked about in uh, oppenheimer where they kind of built uh los alamos i mean production diner jack fisk who's awesome he worked on the revenant he's worked on there will be blood i mean he basically had to build fairfax i mean it's an old old town it's been you know from 100 years back and you know all these sprawling looks of oil fields in the downtown i mean this is it's this beautiful is work this is this is, they put they put a lot into it i mean brought in i mean just when you're dealing with scorsese you're dealing with the best of the best the cinematographers rodrigo prieto did barbie recently but i mean he's on brokeback mountain 21 grams 25th hour the irish i mean we're talking with some pros and it just i mean they they I mean, they went for it. The acting's impeccable. The production's impeccable. I feel they they were really trying to give an ode to these people to let people know what was going on here and how how intensely bad this whole thing was and what we can learn from that. I think I think they really were you know had the best intentions. I do too. I really do. And he, and he said there were a lot of descendants of the original people and, and the people who were murdered were, you know, on set or part of the oh, discussion cool. of creation. And I, I really think he did the best job he could at, at trying to bring a story that he cared a lot about and uh, to the screen. And yeah. it is beautiful absolutely the colors and the filming everything you just said it is so and also the soundtrack who is the soundtrack by so, i know so, uh robbie robertson did that from he's from the band it was his final completed score before he died in august um and it's it, that this meant the more you look into this this meant a lot to him his mother was a uh, of mohawk descent and is uh i believe i I believe, uh, and, and uh, Cayuga, I think she was from two different tribes. And he was actually raised on the Six Nations Reserve in, um, in Canada, I think it's near Toronto. Um, but he has worked uh, with Scorsese a whole bunch. They first worked together in The Last Waltz, which is that amazing movie of the band, which is mm -hmm. just what I revisit it almost yearly. I love it. He worked with him on Raging Bull, worked with him on Gangs in New York, Wolf of Wall Street, and The Irishman. So this is one final chance. I mean, they're like brothers at this point, and they, they got to work together. The score, magnificent, just at yes. the moment. It was, you know, obviously it gave it that Western feel, but it felt different to me. And this, that, you know, I, as much as this is a Western, I'm curious your thoughts on this. I think maybe it was the personal take on it and, and, and something about it. I didn't feel like I was watching a standard Western by any means. And I mean that as a compliment. I know it's a Western setting. But it just it just felt different and in, in, in some sort of way for me. And I, I can't put my finger on it, but it just didn't you know, when I walked out, it wasn't like I just watched a Western or I didn't go into it. It felt more like just this historical piece about I don't know. I have a hard time. Putting no, it, there. Yeah. Uh, to me, the difference is if you're if you're shooting a Western like an old Clint Eastwood spaghetti yeah. West, the West is the primary character. Mm -hmm. This was just an incredible story Thank you. in the West. Yep. And so all of it is there. The backdrop is there. But that's not the character in the story that you're focused on. You know, Absolutely. So it, it is just. Um, it is beautiful, it, and I, I think for me, one of 
the best words I can use to describe the film is haunting. And it just clings to you. And I went to sleep and I dreamt all night long about that movie or being in that world, you know, and it it just continued playing in my mind. (laughs) And that's only after seeing it once. Can't imagine what will happen after I see it again. But yeah. um, yeah, it sticks. With, it sticks with you, and I, I think I, I mentioned, and, and I apologize to the listeners. I feel like I'm still sorting out my thoughts. I'm still kind of living with it in a way. I just I saw it two days ago, and I'm I'm living with it, and and just like I I want to get back in there. I want to I want to kind of you know after kind of analyzing. And I know we discussed this analyzing, and just kind of like let go a little bit more and live in the moment a little bit more. But I mean, even we talked about outside. The set uh, uh, direction inside, I think um, Adam Willis is the person. The interiors of these homes felt so authentic and beautiful. And, and I think they use a lot of um, uh, art and, and, and others from Osage museums. And just like it just felt, I don't know, I guess that's another reason to feel like such a Western to me. There was just like this different richness, these different palettes, um, you know, in these interiors. And it's just it was it just it's just it's funny just to think about who and this is what happens when you deal with someone like uh, Scorsese you know and who's who keeps popping up all of a sudden John Lithgow and um right. um who is the other uh um why can't I think of his name right Brandon now Frazier? Brandon Frazier I mean these are the 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 warring warriors in there they're just yes. popping up every single person is just like someone of note and it's just you're just dealing like I said the best of the best and just it, like it, you could tell this really was uh just a labor of love in an intense way and it just it's 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 a special work and 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 like i said i think i think he was really there to shine a light on something that these are stories we must know i mean just like black wall street in tulsa which i think a lot of people learned recently through through film and television that did bring it to life whether it's watchmen or um there's been a couple other uh I can't think of what, but there was an HBO show that I know touched on that as well. But I mean, these are the ways a lot of us learn things when 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 history is pushed aside, as it is often in this country, or, or people just don't focus on things of. It's not uh, in our history books that we grew up uh, with going to school. So absolutely not. And this is so. This is an important thing to learn. Reading, I mean, reading the book was absolutely eye opening because they do they go deep. On, on what was happening in the country and how, you know, they, they really thought they were, they pushed them off some oil land into what they thought was barren land. And then all of a sudden they, they ended up, you know, Boy, did we mess up, right? That's what Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that was probably some of their iron and look for revenge, but I mean, it felt massive. It is a huge, huge effort for Scorsese. I, I almost felt like he was just giving it at all. I mean, it makes me wonder almost what he has, what's next. Cause I mean, you know, he's not a young man, but I mean, look at his last one. Irishman was such a massive, massive effort. And this too, I just, he just has no quit in him. It's really yeah. wild. It's so, so it's, impressive. It's got to be a passion. He's he's truly following his passion. And and I, I do want to just mention that Please. I loved all the FBI characters that went into and undercover in the community to get information. And, you know, hats off to them for finally digging up something really bad and rotten is going on here, you know, um, 60 people dead, 30 people dead, 60, 100. And as one report said, who really knows how many people? So, um, you know, I'm, um, and I, and I did love when the mother passed away and they showed her crossing over and her ancestors coming 
to yeah. get that was a moment that was uh, and I think the review that you read um, where she was upset with the movie, she loved that scene and said yeah. that was a very respectful, you know, I read that review too. So, you know, we're yeah. doing our homework, but I'm, doing getting, our homework over here. I'm getting a kick out of the fact that you and I don't normally jump on a podcast right after we've seen a movie, yeah. kind of have time to think and talk totally. or, you know, send each other a few notes. And and now we're seeing like in real deer. time right now. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. real it's like time. we're deer in the headlights right after yeah. the movie going, man, man, you know. <laughs> Our head, so. Definitely, but yeah. so what we know now is this is very much worthy of a second viewing. Yes, what we're visiting, I think it's so important. The topic, what we learned, and acting was wonderful. Score was wonderful. It's a, it's a, it's a piece of art. I couldn't recommend. I re I recommend it super highly. I, I'm glad it's doing well at the box office. I believe it is from what I saw. Um, you know, this it's cool to see. I think I brought up this third time I'm bringing up Oppenheimer now, but it's cool to see movies like this doing well at the box office. And it gives me gives me a lot of hope moving forward about what is a what is a blockbuster and what studios might want to make because of these type of films, creative license to these geniuses. They they deserve it. They should get it. Let them do it. This is what happens. People go out and see it. I'm I'm excited. Do you have any uh, closing thoughts on uh Killers Martin's of the Martin's probably Man? thinking yeah, Martin's probably thinking, man, if we could only have released this on the same day as Barbie, yeah. we'd have the world. But you know, I think, um, you know, I think certainly when it's time for the award season to roll around, yeah. you know, this one's certainly going to rise to the top along with really? Oppenheimer. You know, Oppenheimer's my favorite movie of the year so far, yeah. uh, but I love this movie. And you know, if I had time, I would go back and see it again on the big screen because it is beautiful. Like it you is. said, the cinematography and the soundtrack and everything is absolutely incredible. And yeah. Um, and the acting is superb. De Niro gives one of his greatest performances. No question. Life. Yeah, it's, honestly, and I didn't. I didn't even know. I should never doubt him, but I didn't know if we were going to get a performance like that from him. You know, as 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 time again, again, again. After meet the again. parents too, and yeah, after yeah. a bunch of other things, all the fuckers and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, one thing I want to note is just how much I love just the title. Just the I, the meaning of the title. It's it's just this is from the book. This is a, it's the first um first paragraph under the vanishing, and it's about what killers of the, the flower moon, the killers of the flower moon means. In April, it goes in April, millions of tiny flowers spread over the blackjack hills and va vast prairies in the Osage territory of Oklahoma. There are Johnny jump ups and spring beauties and little bluettes. The Osage writer John Joseph Matthews observed. That the galaxy of petals makes it look look as if the gods had left confetti which is cool and you see it in the movie the kind of the perfect flower fills but what happens in may when coyotes howl beneath an unnervingly large moon taller plants such as spider warts and black-eyed susans they begin to creep over the tinier blooms stealing their light and water the necks of the smaller flowers break and their petals flutter away and before long they are buried underground this is what the uh, Osage Indians refer to May as the time of the flower killing moon. So that moon gives gives rise to these other plants that come in and kill those flowers. It's just, it's, I mean, I know it's a simple thing, but I th I find that super, super beautiful. No, and another thing that was really moving and very simple is um, when Ernest was reading the children's book about the Osage. And, yes. and yep. of course, when he says, can you see 
the wolves in this picture. Yeah. And it's about, can you see the wolves in this larger picture of what's happening here? You know, but. Um, yeah, no, it's cool. It's always cool when, when something's coming from such a, uh, a source material with so much information, how are they going to do exposition? And they chose some cool ways to do it, which was, yeah, they did. A lot of fun. They so, did. Well, thank you for helping me sort out my thoughts and, and, and everything with this film. I really appreciate it. River always love having you on the program and talking movies. I can't wait to do it again soon. It's always great to be here. Excellent. And thank you everyone out there for once again, join the party. This podcast is in the loop, the Legion of Osiris podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with live experiences and podcasts about artists and topics you love. Get in the loop at osirispod.com.